Welcome to Center Ice. It is Sunday, October 24th, coming to you from Alberta. I just moved for my first professional job in media. Not going to get into too much detail about that, but we should have some exciting announcements about this podcast coming soon. I'm joined as always by Matthew Maynard, and we're here to just check in, talk about some early season storylines, some things we've seen that we like, some things we've seen that we didn't like. So as always, let's get right into it. Thanks again for all the support over the years. Matt, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty well. Uh, as you know from our messages, I've been stressing about the traffic. Uh, I know where you are in Alberta, traffic isn't as big of an issue. But oh, some days I tell you the, the traffic, uh, it's something I'm sure you're not going to miss out west. <laughs> but anyways, let's get on to some hockey news, Matt, because there's a good amount of it for early in the season. And for me, what's really interesting is that the team, the teams we've seen for getting some hot starts, and, and some we've expected, and some were a little less expected. And let's jump right into it. Let's talk about the Florida Panthers here, Mac. They are on fire right now. And <clears throat> excuse me, I'd argue you and I, we didn't get a chance to do our preseason preview this year, unfortunately. But I imagine if you and I did our season preview, both of us would have had the Florida Panthers in the playoffs because they look pretty darn good last year and they've only been getting better and better. And uh, this is a Florida Panthers team that I think learned from their mistakes in the playoffs last year, Matt, they're going to have another good strong season this year. And I, I really do think teams like Tampa Bay and Toronto really should uh, have, have the Florida Panthers on their radar because you look at some of these stats, Matt, they have a plus 13 goal differential and they have got a great young core and a good mix of guys that have some NHL experience that aren't really pushing them too hard against the cap. They're making some really good moves here. I like what Florida is doing, and I know you do too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think if you, Matt, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but if you look at all the decisions Bill Zito has made since he took over from Dale Talon as general manager, coming over from the Columbus Blue Jackets, of course, when where he was AGM, you bought out Keith Yandel, you got rid of some players that were not helping the team, like Mike Hoffman, who's a one-dimensional offensive player, Brett Connolly, same deal, declining player. Mike Matheson eventually went to Pittsburgh. He was uh, a guy that did not play very well for them. And and then you just look at the other decisions they've made. I mean, signing Chris Dreger, a guy that nobody else had on their radar, no one. And he had a great year. The way he's handled Spencer Knight in terms of allowing him to develop, but at the same time, making sure you don't rush him and giving him an opportunity and not playing him too much. Great job on that front as well. And then also, if you look at his first draft pick, which was Anton Lundell. I don't know how he went 12th overall, but that was a great choice by them. He's already playing in the NHL. He looks pretty good. And you brought in Anthony Duclair, under-the-radar guy, a guy that you and I like, and he's done well in a good role for them, and also a guy like Brad Kogudis. And then there's even more. I mean, trading for Sam Bennett when it looked like maybe Sam Bennett was not going to be the player we thought he would be getting him out of Calgary, giving him an opportunity. And look what Sam Bennett has done ever since they acquired him. He's been fantastic. And he's earned a contract extension. He's got that. And you also got Reinhardt from Buffalo. Those are two very good additions to the group. 
And of course, extending Alex Barkov, he's your captain. He's your best player. One of the best players in the league. And like you said, you know, they may not get the press that other teams like Colorado and Tampa and Boston and, you know, teams like that get, but this is an extremely good team and one that should be taken very seriously as a cup contender. Absolutely. And their schedule is going to line up well. They're in a good division. I think that we're slowly, we, we've talked about this before, but I really think we're starting to see it now, Matt. We're starting to see a bit of a changing of the guard in the Atlantic. We're starting to see longtime teams that have been towards the top, like Tampa and Boston, for example. They're slowly starting to fade. I'm not saying they aren't going to make the playoffs. I was doing teams. But you, you can tell teams like Florida, even Toronto to an extent, Ottawa, Detroit is certainly on the rise. The, the guard... The old guard is finally uh, starting to change here, Mac, and it's exciting to see. It's nice to see some real competition in the Atlantic. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. And before we get into the next team here, because we're talking about teams that have had good starts, let's quickly make some predictions here. Who do you like for the Calder Trophy this year, Matt? Oh, that's tough. That's really tough. Because there's so many good rookies, Mac. And how about this? I'm not ready to make an exact prediction on who is going to win the Calder Trophy, Mac, because there are certainly some contenders. But I will. I have a funny feeling, Mac. It's going to be a player that's on nobody's radar. I couldn't tell you who. It's just, you know, it's like when you have a gut feeling. I'm going to go with my gut here. And I'm sure you're going to go with one of the more mainstream candidates, but. That's just kind of the feeling I have this year. It feels like it's going to be one of those years. Okay. Well, since we're talking about Florida, I will mention that I'm not going to pick Trevor Zegras or other people. I'm going to pick Spencer Knight as my rookie of the year this year. I really think you look at what he did for Florida briefly last season and into the playoffs. You know, this guy has all the makings of a great future number one goaltender. So talented. You know, he reminds me of, of... a guy like Carey Price with how quiet he is and composed he is in net. And I just, I'm a huge fan of this kid. So I, I think he's going to win rookie of the year. I could be wrong, but that's my that's prediction. I like that prediction. It's a kind of like me. It's a little bit out of left field, but you actually can make the prediction here. And I, I think that's a good pick. He's certainly going to be a key part of this Florida Panthers team, Mac. They aren't going to live and die by Spencer Knight, but you know, if he has a really good season, like you and I think he will, that that's just going to boost Florida's chances to be a, to be in that cup contention window come the spring way higher than it is now. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's let's move on to the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, the St. Louis Blues, uh, another team here that didn't get a whole lot of press attention coming into the season, unlike Florida expectations were pretty low for St. Louis after last season. Yeah, they made the playoffs last year, but they really didn't look all that good in the playoffs. They obviously got swept in the first round, and none of the games they played in looked really good. But they've done a bit of a retooling over the offseason, Mac, and not saying that their cup contention window has reopened here, but you you look at what St. Louis has done, They've certainly uh, extended their playoff contention window, at least for now. You look, let's look at some of the moves. You traded for Buchnevich and you signed Brandon Saad. Those are two good moves, and neither of which cost them a whole lot. You got, you gave Jordan Kiru an opportunity to play first line minutes. You and I 
have been very high on this guy for a very long time. And, you know, the results are showing eight points in the season so far. And they're slowly starting to turn things around, Mac. I think you and I both, we look at St. Louis last year. And, yeah, we knew they were going to regress from where they were in 2019. But it was a pretty hard drop-off for St. Louis last year, let's be honest. And I think that the Blues organization as a whole wanted to make some moves to keep the contention window open if possible and rebound from last year. You could certainly see all through the offseason, they wanted to rebound. They knew last year was a bad year. They wanted to prove it was a fluke. And so far, it's looking pretty good. Uh, we also need to mention uh, Jordan Bennington. He's had a solid start of the season. He looks like he's back into form. He just, I don't know about you, Mac, but he never really looked comfortable last season, if you know what I mean. He never felt looked like he settled in in the uh, central division there. And I think he's settled in now. He's looking good. Of course, it's early in the season. And it also certainly helps that you've got a capable backup now. You've got Billy Huso, who will be a solid backup. And you and I, we've been big on the tandem for years. Anyone that's listened to the show for any amount of time knows you and I are always pushing the one-two tandem. And if they, if the Blues have found that with Bennington and Huso, I think that's going to be such an important thing for them because now you don't have to play Bennington for 55, 60 plus games. And having a healthy, strong Bennington going into the playoffs potentially it's going to make a big difference for the blues. Yeah, those are great points you made. And I want to mention a couple of things with the two sign. Well, the trade and the signing they made the trade for Buchnevich and the signing of Brandon Saad. These are good moves, not only because both of these guys are what you call play drivers as in they drive the play offensively, but also defensively. These are two very good two-way players guys that can put the puck in the net make plays and also score goals, but also prevent goals on the other end. And I was really surprised to hear the Rangers weren't willing to pay Buchnevich, but obviously St. Louis looked at him and they were like, this is an opportunity to get a really good young player who is fully developed and really turning into a star at the NHL level for not much and sign him to a contract extension. And they did just that good on them. That was smart. That was a good move by, Blues management, but you mentioned they just didn't really look like themselves last year. And I agree with that. You know, I think it was really hard for a lot of these American teams last year with COVID and how bad it was over there. A lot of games were getting canceled. Everything was out of sorts. The divisions were different. They just, I agree with what you said. They just didn't look comfortable last year. And I think having fans in the building helps a lot. It helps all these teams, but especially a team like St. Louis, where you know, they really feed off that a lot more than some other teams that have fans in the building. The fans are really important for a team like St. Louis. So that's a big thing. But also, I think, like you said, Bennington is, is a huge key for their success. And he looks really good early on. You and I had him on Team Canada coming up in Beijing. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be there. And Vili Husso looks to me like he's getting better every year. And I think he'll probably get 15, 20 games this year. No problem. All right. Let's move into some teams that I have actually seen in person. First off, before we get into the Rangers here, Matt, can I just say from someone that's been at all the Senators games so far, it is so great to be back in the building. It, it, you, 
I can tell you for a fact, the first uh, preseason game, just the sounds of pucks shooting off against the bo- end board and the blaring rock music and whatever, it, the sounds of hockey, you really don't realize how much you miss it until you're back in the building. And being able to see these guys in person, uh, if you're comfortable going to a game, of course, absolutely uh, jump on the opportunity if you ever can get some NHL tickets. Because seeing guys like Bennington, like Ovechkin, Crosby, Adam Fox in person, the talent just doesn't always completely translate on the TV. And seeing a game in person is fabulous, especially now that every arena is back to full capacity and everyone's letting fans back in. It's a great time to get back into live hockey if you're comfortable with it. And I've really been enjoying catching some of these teams come in Ottawa, especially the American teams, because we haven't seen them in over a year and a half now. So like the New York Rangers, for example, the Sens hadn't played them since January of 2020. That's almost two years. So certainly a lot has changed with the New York Rangers since the last time I saw them in person. And, you know, so far, so good for the New York Rangers, Mac. They uh, went through Canada and they beat Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, and they've also beat Nashville as well. And I will say, Mac, the Rangers, to me, they're looking more, from what I saw yesterday, they're looking more consistent. They're looking like a better team. The one thing I really noticed, because the Rangers played, I wouldn't say they played their best game of the season last night, Matt, but last night. They played all right. But what I really noticed is that the high-end talent like Adam Fox, like Zibanejad, Kreider, Lafreniere, what they were able to do, they were down 2 nothing five minutes to go in the game, and they just turned it on. They were able to, they, hang, they hung in there, they had their chances, and the final five minutes, the momentum just shifted all the way to New York side, and they scored three goals in five minutes, and they looked really good doing it too. Criders obviously looking great. Lafreniere was looking good. And Adam Fox was a was key as well. He was forcing a lot of turnovers. He was skating well. He was looking really good. This is a New York team that is fast. They're physical. And I also have to mention Gorgiev now. You and I were talking just before we started recording that Gorgiev is one of those goalies that is either a Vesna caliber goalie or he's kind of a little bit below average. And yesterday he was looking in his Vesna form, he looked great. He didn't have to make a whole lot of 10-bell saves, but he certainly stepped up when they needed him to. He reminds me a lot of an early Lundqvist, Mac, and I was commenting with some of my coworkers that he said, the Rangers are always getting these European Vesna, future Vesna winners, aren't they? They just love getting those European goalies, and I think Gorgia is going to be a staple in the New York net for a long time. So the Long story short, I really like what the New York Rangers are doing. I think they will have some inconsistencies at time though, time so, because from what I saw, they looked really good for 10, 15 minutes, and then they had five minutes or so where they really didn't look great. But at the same time, this is a Rangers team that as long as they can string some wins together and not go on too long of a losing streak, they should be able to get into the playoffs. And I think that. In the playoffs, you know, as we saw with Montreal last year, anything can happen. You and I have been high on the Rangers for a year and a bit now, and I think we're finally starting to see the results. 
Yeah, those are great points you made. And another thing I want to touch on with the Rangers is you have a lot of good young players that are still getting better. Like I think it's another year of development for a guy like Capo Caco, also Philip Heedle. You mentioned Adam Fox. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. I'm so glad he won the Norris last year because he deserved to win. And he just looks great once again. He's so smart, so skilled. He drives the play offensively. But also, he's very good defensively for a smaller defenseman. And obviously, you mentioned Gorgiev, but you also have Shesterkin, who you've signed to a new extension, and he looks great early on as well. So, again, the one constant for the Rangers is you're going to have very good goaltending. Sure, they'll have some off nights like goaltenders do, but they'll give your team a chance to win, and that's huge. Absolutely. The Rangers, I'm not making them a lock for the playoffs. But I, I certainly think they're going to be pushing for a playoff spot. They've got so much talent. You and I uh, both mentioned at the end of last season that the Rangers, just like the Senators, really, if they didn't get off to such a bad start, they would have made the playoffs. So th- this is a Rangers team that is only going to get better. And they're a team that people can't take lightly, as the Senators discovered yesterday. The Sens looked like they were going to cruise to a 2 nothing win. And when the final buzzer blew... It was 3-2, and yeah, there were some controversial calls in there, but at the same time, that just shows the talent that this New York Rangers team has. You can't take these guys lightly, and I I think the Rangers, as the season goes along, more more people are going to notice this Rangers team is the real deal. Yeah, all right, let's move on to the Sharks. And Matt, we have some positive things to say about the Sharks, actually quite a few positive things, so... Shout out to all our San Jose area listeners. We love you guys. You, We know you appreciate how honest we have been about this team for a long time. You know, we don't dance around the fact if they're bad. We don't dance around certain situations like Martin Jones, who we have been critical of for I don't even know how long, but they don't have Martin Jones anymore. So let's talk about the San Jose Sharks. The San Jose Sharks, another team that I have seen in person very recently, Mac. This is a t- another team that, looked completely different from the last time they were in Ottawa. You and I, uh, we've been riding high on the San Jose Sharks recently, and for good reason. Uh, First things first, before I get into any of the new players they brought in, because they certainly have made a big youth movement, and we'll get into that very shortly. But let's talk about the the two old guards in San Jose, Mac, Brent Burns and Eric Carlson, because you're paying both those guys big bucks. And they aren't the players they once were, and that much is obvious. But the big difference is that San Jose management has realized that, and they're using, especially Eric Carlson, in a much different role than what I saw the last time he was in Ottawa. He's become more of a two-way defenseman. He still has that solid skating ability, but you're not going to see Eric Carlson go into the corner boards anymore. You're going to see him at the blue line. He's going to run the play. He's become more of a quarterback, to use a football analogy. And he's he's really gotten good with the stick. He was making some great plays. He was getting physical. And I was very impressed with the new look Eric Carlson when I saw him on Thursday. He was looking great. And I'm very happy to see you and I are both big Eric Carlson fans. And we both felt awful for him. He was having... A, constant injury problems and just constant scrutiny but he seems to be healthy now I don't think he'll ever live up to that contract that he signed with San Jose 
But with how he's playing now, it doesn't look nearly as bad as it did a couple years ago. And on to Brent Burns, a similar thing. He They're not using him all the time anymore. They've cut him. I noticed they cut his ice time dramatically. I don't have the exact ice time they stated the other night, but it certainly wasn't as much as you you used to see. And the big thing is they've, for the most part, I noticed they're using Brett Burns as a power play specialist, which is what his role is nowadays, should be. And I think that works great. San Jose special teams are looking really good. And it's not just because of those two guys. San Jose overall, Matt, it, it feels like a breath of fresh air. You've got a youth movement in there. You're using your veterans in a much more suitable role. And I really like this San Jose team. They played Ottawa really hard and physical. And I think they had the perfect game plan for Ottawa because Ottawa was a very fast team. You and I both know that. But San Jose played some really good blue line traps. They were able to meet Ottawa's fast skaters right at the blue line, force some turnovers and make some really good plays. The passing looks really, really solid, Matt. And that certainly helps when you bring in guys like Jonathan Dahlien and Rudolf Baltz. There's two guys from Ottawa that I was a fan of when they were here. You've got Lane Pedersen from Arizona. You've also got Dogovic, and you've got William Eklund. These are some guys that have a lot of skill, a lot of speed, a lot of talent, and they are looking really good. And you got all these guys for practically nothing. It's a it's a bit of a youth movement. It's very quiet. Not a lot of people are talking about that. You and I have talked about that before, that really the Sharks, I'm not expecting them to make the playoffs this year, Mac, and I don't think you are either. But they're finally making some moves in the right direction. They're making some big steps in the right direction. And let's get into the goaltending. Unfortunately, Adam Hill was not starting when uh, I went to see the San Jose Sharks. It was James Reimer and... He looked okay. He didn't look fabulous. He was having some puck control issues when he was in Ottawa, but he certainly is a serviceable backup for Aiden Hill. And I think the two of them will make a decent tandem. And I think San Jose is making some great strides in the right direction. And not this year, but I'd say next season, you could certainly see them make a push for playoffs. And even with the, with the division they're in this year, you never know. They're in probably the weakest division and if they can string some wins together here mac and they're starting to do that quickly they very well could find themselves in a playoff spot when nobody expected it yeah and and the other thing you have to mention with san jose we will briefly talk about hill in just a bit but i think bob bugner deserves credit for how he's coaching these guys and he's been given an extended opportunity after pete DeBoer left for vegas which they totally understood why he did that but I really think he's got a good handle on this locker room. They seem to have kind of a laid back, but also hardworking atmosphere to them, which is great for any team trying to make a transition from an older team to a younger team. And you mentioned Carlson and I have noticed this already. He just looks healthy. He looks like himself again. And he's dealt with so many injuries over the years and Every once in a while, you'll see him at the top of his game. And, man, it's it's tough to find someone better. Obviously, we've got some great defensemen in the NHL like Kale McCarr, Victor Hedman, Adam Fox, etc. But, I mean, he's right up there when he's healthy. So that's great to see once again. But let's talk about Aiden Hill. 
I mean, this is a guy that was stuck in a, I would say, a goaltending carousel in Arizona, which had some terrific young goaltenders. And he never really got an opportunity to play. Obviously, you had Kemper there. You had some young goalies that were coming up. But now he's getting an opportunity to play. And if you don't know much about Aiden Hill, he's a big guy. He covers the net really well. Great positioning. And he makes some real big kind of desperation type saves, but he's very quiet in the net. And he's a guy that will give them confidence, which is something that they didn't have with Martin Jones. The last time Martin Jones was a significant contributor to San Jose was when they went to the cup and lost to Pittsburgh. Ever since then, it's been all downhill for Martin Jones. And I think we're happy they made the right decision to get rid of him. And Philadelphia, for some reason, decided, let's bring this guy in as a backup. A lot of decisions Philadelphia has made have really puzzled us this offseason. But yeah, I, I agree with you. This could be a team that's under the radar and is maybe more successful this year than you could have thought. And if you look at the youth movement they have right now, if they can just open up some salary cap space and use that money wisely, which will come eventually, it's only a matter of time. I mean. This team could be headed for good things again. And we know Doug Wilson is capable of building a winner. Just haven't won the Stanley Cup yet. Absolutely. And you look at the teams they played. Yeah, you could argue they, they've uh, played a pretty easy schedule. But you go into Montreal, you, you want the Montreal Canadiens, to be frank. You go into Ottawa, you play a pretty good up-and-coming Ottawa team. You squeak out a win there. And... Those types of the games are the ones that are really going to matter. If you can go in and play a good team like Ottawa or New York or Vegas, for example, and escape with a 2-1 win on the road, you're doing something right. And then you go into Toronto, you beat the Leafs, and uh, we're not getting into the Leafs today. But, nope. uh, but I mean, you, we don't even need to say anything about the Leafs. Nope. And you probably nope. know what we're thinking about the Leafs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, okay. the uh, – they looked good, and I, they even with James Reimer in the net, Mac. You mentioned the confidence. They looked much more confident in their own end zone. Carl, you mentioned we've mentioned Carlson. He looks healthy. Burns looks healthy. They just look so confident in their own net, in their own net, in their own end, and um, I think it makes a big difference. I noticed even when Ottawa was really pushing for the tying goal in the third period, they looked calm. They looked composed. They, look, they knew exactly what they wanted to do. This is a San Jose team that you certainly should be keeping your eye on as the season goes along. Yeah, they're getting attention right now because they're off to a hot start. But even if they cool down a little, I really do think that this is a team, as I mentioned before, with the Pacific Division, I'm not expecting them to make the playoffs because I don't think they're quite at that level. But with how weak that division is, they might just find themselves in the top three. Okay, so let's talk about a couple more teams before we wrap up here. Let's talk about those Edmonton Oilers or the McDrys titles, as we like to call them. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> well, you know, they're off to a really good start, Mac. And surprise, surprise, McDavid and Leon Drysdale are one and two in league scoring right now. And, and uh, it, no surprise to anyone, they've been off to a really good start. How about that power play, Mac? Going at over 40%. I think even Gretzky commented saying like this is unbelievable we haven't seen something like this ever so the the oilers are on fire right now however i'd argue they've had they've had a pretty easy schedule 
Vegas mm-hmm. hasn't been the threat they normally are, but they've had some COVID issues. The Canucks are okay, but they're not a great a great team. And then you play Arizona, Anaheim, and Calgary, three teams that, uh, well, especially Arizona, we're not expecting them to do much of anything. And I, I think that the Oilers can keep this, well, they're not going to keep their power play up at 40%, but they can keep their winning ways up. I think that they can make the playoffs, especially in the Pacific. But once again, you know, it, it feels like a bit of a leaf scenario, Mac, where we know the talent is there, but is the depth going to be enough to get them over the hump if they make the playoffs? And I, I don't think so. I don't think it's quite there yet. Well, you know, we'll see. But you, you like the direction they're going in. You know, obviously you and I aren't big fans of, you know, Duncan Keith and Cody Cece. But if you look at the other things they added, obviously Jesse Pugliarvi is getting better year after year. You know, Warren Fogel has been a nice addition for them. And the one thing I've noticed just from watching some of their games early on this season, they have much more of a team mentality to them. So it's not really just McDavid and Dreisaitl carrying them. You know, they're battling for pucks in the corners. They're making good clears. Obviously, the power play is really good. I think it's going to be one of the top power plays all year, no matter what, because it has Dreisaitl and McDavid on it and others. But you also extended Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And Ken Holland has an opportunity here if he makes the right moves, which has been a challenge for him, let's be honest, to really make this team very good soon. We don't know when that's going to be, but when you have Drysaddle and McDavid and you're playing the way you're playing right now, that's a recipe for success. So that's important. And we know they've had an easy schedule so far, but again, it's, it's all about that mentality. And if you remember last year, much like the New York Rangers, they got off to a pretty slow start. And this year that is not the case. They're winning the games they should win. So give them credit where credit is due, but uh, let's see how this continues. And, I'll be honest, this is a fun team to watch. And, and now that I'm here on the West Coast, I'll be watching a lot more West Coast games because, you know, five o'clock is the equivalent of seven o'clock. So when I get off work, if I don't have anything else to do, I'll probably watch hockey. So I will uh, do my best to provide uh, analysis of all the Western Conference teams that I have longed to watch. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh... You being on the west side and me being on the east side, we can get a good mix of uh, uh, different teams, and that's going to be great. The uh, Any other teams you want to touch on here, Mac? Yeah, I want to quickly mention the Washington Capitals because I feel like nobody's really talking about them, and specifically I want to talk about their goaltending. So their goaltending, you've got Ilya Samsonov, who was a high-profile first-round pick, you know, really talented guy, Russian goalie who has developed really well for Washington. But you've also got Vitek Vanacek, who not a whole lot of people are talking about. And we mentioned him on our Olympic roster for, uh, I believe it was the Czech Republic. And he's developed into a really good young goaltender. Remember, they picked him in the second round of the 2014 draft. It took him years to develop. But to me, he's really coming into his own. He was very good last year. He looks good again this year. And remember, Seattle did select him. For some reason, they decided they wanted a second-round pick instead. I personally did not agree with that decision. And Washington was very happy to give up a second to get him back. So far, so good for him. And one thing I want to mention about the Capitals is 
to me, what Peter Laviolette has brought to this team is reminding them of how good they can be when they're at their best. And if you remember how good they were on those Stanley Cup runs, especially when they won the Stanley Cup, they were big, physical, great transition game, good defensively, great goaltending. All those things are still present for the Capitals today. So this is not a pushover team. This is not a team to take lightly. This is a very good team that could very well win their division again. And I mean, how about Alex Ovechkin? 10 points early on this season. He just continues to amaze us, doesn't he? Absolutely. He's the ageless wonder. I, I have a bunch of uh, co-workers who are Caps fans. And of course, Washington's going to be in Ottawa on Monday. So I'm really looking forward to that game. It's going to be two fast physical teams with solid goaltending against one another. I think it's going to be a great game. But, but you know, we all have this agreement that, you know, if Ovi doesn't catch Gretzky's record, no one is. No one else will. Ovi is a once-in-a-generation scoring talent. He's looking great. Honestly, I think he he's almost like Tom Brady at this point, Mac. He's getting better with age, and it's insane. He's He's so good. Everyone knows where his office is. He's going to shoot it from the left hash marks, but no one can stop him even after 15 years of playing in the NHL. It's insane. I love Alex Ovechkin. And I, I, I agree with you. I think this Capitals team is a, is a real threat again. I think that they've uh, stocked up on some good players. They've already got some great players to begin with. And I really do think that Washington's a, a, another contender this year. Of course, we'll see how they are come playoffs. And remember, injuries did hurt them a fair bit towards the end of the season last year. So if they can stay healthy, they could very well make a playoff run out of the Metropolitan Division. So I'm looking forward to seeing Washington tomorrow night. I think it's going to be a great game and a true measuring stick for, for Ottawa and I think for Washington too, because Washington's played some good teams, obviously, but Ottawa is striving to become sort of like Washington one day. They're making some strides towards being a fast, physical, young team. And I'm not going to get into Ottawa in depth on this episode. That'll be another episode. But I do think that playing the young up-and-coming teams can be almost a bit of a trap game at the same time. So, because you may overlook a team like San Jose or, or in Ottawa if you're the Washington Capitals, and you definitely shouldn't because these are, those are teams that are young, fast, up and coming, and really have nothing to lose. I do want to quickly mention, uh, because it's a bit of a big story, uh, Brady Kachuk's contract did get signed between our last episode and this one. And uh, your quick thoughts on that, Mac? Well, I mean, I, I'm happy for him. He's still got a lot to prove at the NHL level. I was a little surprised that he managed to get the amount of money he did when, you know, he's not a talent like, well, I would say an elite talent like an Andre Svechnikov, but at the same time, he's really developing into a very good player. He's obviously a leader. He could be a future captain for the senators. I think the biggest thing with him that I've noticed is he gets a lot of shots. He's got a great release, all that he's physical. He's a leader. That's all very important. I think the areas of his game he needs to work on is a finishing. If he becomes a better finisher, there's no reason he can't score, you know, 25, 30 goals or more regularly. And also 
defensively, he needs to improve to become a better two-way player. But if he can do that, and if he can grow into that kind of player, you know, I don't think he's going to be like a Matthew Kachuk type. I think he's more of a 60, 70 point guy in his prime. Who's very physical net front presence, great defensively. But if he can continue to develop into that, that'll be worth its weight in gold for the senators. Absolutely. Uh, I've seen, I saw Brady Kachuk in his debut game this season. And I gotta say for a guy that didn't attend training camp, didn't play any preseason game, he didn't look too bad in his first game. I noticed, uh, I didn't notice him as much yesterday against the New York Rangers, I will say, but you know, all things considered, he did all right. You are right on the finishing though. There were a couple of chances he had on Reimer where I thought, you know, if he had a few more games, he probably would have buried it. And, you know, a guy with a little more talent, buries that regardless so there are things he needs to work on you and I both agree that it still is a bit of an overpayment it it does make you wonder you and I have talked about this that for the seven million odd dollars that they're paying him why didn't you just the eight million dollars excuse me that you're paying him you know you're paying him that anyways why not move some of that onto a signing bonus like a lot of other teams are and then the cap hit isn't nearly as bad because if you're going to pay him that money over the contract anyways, why not move it to a signing bonus, make him happy, and then you get a little more cap space because Ottawa still has plenty of cap space. But with guys like Tim Stutzla and Josh Norris needing contracts soon, you, you just look at Toronto. You can quickly find that cap space being evaporated. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll get into Ottawa and what they're up to when we get a bit more of a sample size in another episode. But I will say just from a senator's perspective, watching them as objectively as I can, they're looking all right. They're looking about the same as they are last year. There there were a couple games that they probably should have won, like San Jose or New York, that they didn't. But I will say they look confident. They look fast. They look physical. They, they look about where Pierre Dorian wants them to be. I am noticing some inconsistencies with turnovers and and just a bit of consistency overall, but so far so good, some entertaining hockey. And that's all I can really ask for as a Senators fan at this point. And I'll, I'll give you some full rundown on the Senators next time we uh, have an episode. All right, everybody. Well, that does it for today's episode. Thanks again for listening. We apologize for the delay. I've been moving. I've had a lot of things on my plate, but we are going to get back to our two episodes a month. Like I said, we have some exciting announcements coming soon. So remember, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Just look for the white, red, and blue logo. Thank you for listening and enjoy the game. Stay safe. By the way, happy Halloween. Enjoy it, guys.